The good people effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth. And I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living. Welcome back to the show, guys. Today's guest is Jacob Cole. And Jacob is an established handpan artist. And the handpan is the instrument that I play at the beginning of the show. Uh, I've also got episodes about the pan. Uh, one of them is called Mastering Your Craft with a handpan maker from uh, Meridian Handpans. His name is Duncan, and we talk about his journey, which is fascinating. And there's another one with Sylvain Paslier, who's the host of the handpan podcast. And we talk about the simple joy of creating. These instruments are absolutely beautiful. And I really wanted to get Jacob on the show today because he is uh, one of my favorite handpan artists. He's been doing it for a long time and he's actually really, really talented. So I wanted to speak to him and find out a little bit more about, you know, his learning process and any tips and, and tricks he could kind of share with the rest of us. And just get an, an insight into the mind of, of an artist. So, chat was great with Jake. And um, without further ado, here it is. Just quickly, I'm also going to mention uh, goodpeopleeffect.com. If you're after some episodes a little bit earlier than on here, I'm going to be releasing them on the website. There's also plenty of good stuff and a chance to join uh, Tribe, which is a little community I'm putting together and where I'm going to be providing more valuable content to help them on their own conscious growth journeys uh, through things like ebooks, free online courses, giveaways, uh, reading lists, podcast lists, just information to really help them along the journey. Uh, so goodpeopleeffect.com, consider heading over there if you haven't already. Here's a chat with Jacob. <laughs> uh, okay, so Maybe start. Let's start by maybe walking me through your journey as a musician and where that began. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm, you know, brought into a musical family. I have uh, a dad that is a professional bass player, and he teaches at a local college, and he's a classical and jazz bassist. So he plays electric bass and upright classical, and um, I have a, a mother that got me into percussion and she, she's a, a singer, not, not professional, but she, she's a good singer. And, uh, uh, it's got a itch in my ear from the headphones. Um, she, uh, she got me into djembe, uh, and percussion cause she studied with Baba Tunde, who is a famous, uh, African, uh, musician who, kind of brought the djembe yeah she kind of um got me into that to the percussion side of things because she um studied with this guy baba tunde who brought he brought the the west african music to america and she got to study with him so but that wasn't until a little later what first started it for me was uh, i got a drum set when i was seven years old and uh, that kind of, that kind of started at, you know, jamming with my dad was, was a cool thing to do. And then when I was 11, 
he enrolled me in drum lessons. And then I started taking drum lessons. Um, and then my brother, I have two younger brothers, my brother, Zach, of course he wanted to do it too. So he was taking, he started taking drum lessons as well with me. And, uh, and then he eventually switched to piano and that's actually the shirt, the shirt I have rogue chimp. That's the, uh, the fusion jazz fusion band that we're in and he plays piano in it and I play drum set. And, uh, so yeah, he's a piano player and my youngest brother, Ben is a piano player as well. Um, so we're kind of all musicians, but my journey, yeah, has been more of the percussive rhythmic side until, um, you know, I got, I went to, to Berkeley college of music in Boston. Um, and that was a really good experience. And that's where I kind of got into the world percussion side of things. Uh, um, I studied with Paul Simon's percussionist. His name is Jamie Haddad and he's a really great, uh, percussionist and he got me into frame drumming and udu drum which is a clay pot uh from africa which is really cool and and then that led to tabla which i got to study not at berkeley but with a a, a master named zakir hussein and i studied he he was like my first teacher for like a week my mom signed me up at this place called omega in and uh, Rhinebeck, New York, or something, I think, and it's like a holistic institute, and that's where I, I got to study tabla. And if you know tabla, it's very intense, fast playing uh, instrument. Isn't that like, isn't that the most difficult instrument um, when it comes to percussion? Isn't that kind of like the beast? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely you know, and I I just consider myself a beginner at at it, but even even being a beginner, there's so much knowledge that has, I've been able to take with me and apply that, those crazy rhythms. And you say the phrases, you know, you say all that stuff and then you play it back. So I was able to take those phrasings and kind of apply that to drum set and now to, uh, into frame drum and ocean drum. And, and now to, uh, my newest, uh, obsession i would say is the uh, handpan and that's where things have taken a different turn for me all of a sudden cuz now with the handpan it's a combination of rhythm and melody and harmony and uh those are you know harmony and melody are two things i don't really have so much experience with i mean at berkeley i had to do all that stuff and i didn't really understand what i was doing but i kind of mathematically you know, wrote the circle of fifths down and I figured out how to, how to pass the classes, but it didn't really make sense in my head why I was doing it, you know? So, um, the handpan was kind of a cool way for me to apply my rhythm and, uh, my phrasings and stuff, uh, with hitting these, these melodic tones at the same time as doing rhythm. So now with the handpan, I can create a beat I can create a baseline and I can create a melody all at the same time. And so I've, I've been able to kind of explore these hand pans and, um, I, I came out with my, I got my first hand pan in 2013 and then I came out with my first album destiny in 2015. And, uh, just from, you know, playing the hand pans obsessively and I wrote all these compositions. I, I never knew I had that in me, you know, ever to be able to, to write music like that. So it's kind of been a, a cool awakening, uh, for myself to realize that I had all this, these songs in me all along, you know? And so destiny came out in 2015 and now I'm working on my second hand pan album, which is a huge project. It's going to be a double disc 
24 track hand pan album. It's called Hope, and I've it's uh, a lot different than Destiny because Destiny was just like that was like my solo stuff. It was just hand pan. There was one track with some percussion on it as well. But Destiny is is my dad's on bass on a bunch of them. My, uh, my violinist is on that plays in Rogue Chimp. He's on over half of the tracks, and I, a lot of other local talented musicians I have on it. So it's gonna be really i'm i'm blown away by how it's sounding already once i'm I'm adding these musicians and everything it's just like it's it's uh it's more it's more uh it's than i realized was possible from me so i'm I'm excited that that's going to come out january 2020 and i just ended my indiegogo campaign uh on monday and I, i actually gave away one of my hand pans to somebody that was part of the thing so it was pretty exciting yeah that sounds that sounds amazing. It must be uh, such a thrill to be able to, um, you know, push yourself to the to the limits and, and just rediscover what you're actually capable of. That's such a that's such a cool thing to be able to do, and you're doing it through this amazing instrument. I just wanted to come back to one thing that you pointed out, and that was, um, you know, translating your skills kind of from one instrument to the next. And I mean, just to just coming back to the tabla for a moment, like that just that's just such a such an uh, exotic instrument and I love the sound of all these different types of sounds that you were talking about that you can create and the fact that it takes so long to be able to just make the sound let alone do anything with that sound and I saw I saw a video of you actually when you first got your your first hand pan and that was interesting because you were already you were already doing some shit with it like you're already mucking around and it sounded pretty good for a first timer but I guess you've got you've had all these kind of prior experience and you've been able to kind of translate that um, those skill sets or that muscle memory or whatever it is, this, that musical knowledge. I've, I had right, a friend exactly. of mine. Yeah. I had a friend of mine. She was, she was, she was a drummer um, and I gave her one of my pans and she was just playing some shit that I couldn't even believe was going on. I was just like, really? Like, is, is this even like happening right now? Like she didn't have the touch and she didn't, she wasn't used to the instrument but you can kind of see how it translates. I feel like the skills even translate to other instruments. Like I've just bought a a Native American flute recently and I feel like the learning process for the pan, um, the the Native American flute's like a really simple and easy instrument to get a sound out of, but it's infinitely complex with what you can do, kind of like the hand pan. So I felt like it kind of translated really nicely, but... I wanted to know, kind of along your journey as a percussionist, um, have you have you found found any kind of parallels with um, playing percussion and with life? Well, both are, <laughs> both are a day to day learning process. That's for sure. You know, you you look back at your mistakes, and you can only you know do one thing with that. You know, which is try not to make them again, the same mistakes and, and just kind of move forward in, in a progressive way. So you, you have hand pans. Yes. The first pan was, was my first kind of introduction to the whole community and, 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 you know, Adrian Portia. Yeah. Adrian and, and Jeremy and, and all the guys. Yeah. They throw that. That's when actually I got my first, my first pan. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting because the pan kind of helped me along my journey in a lot of different ways. And since I've kind of let go of uh, pans and I've, I've come into new ones, but I kind of, I've kept them within my circle. So I've always kind of passed them on to friends or family members so that I can still kind of, 
I guess I still get the chance to experience, you know, that joy. Oh, that that's that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I actually I just I just sold one to my brother. So so it'll be around if I ever need it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best. What which pans are you are you rocking at the moment? Well, I just got a brand new Pantheon Steel Halo, which is kind of significant for me because I've wanted a Halo since 2009. Before I even got my first hand pan, I joined the Pantheon Steel waiting list in 2009. And just the other day, I finally, you know, I, I wrote, I reached out to Kyle, the maker, and, uh, and you know, he's like, yeah, I'll make you one. So that, even that just shows you like how different uh, the scene is now and the market is now than, than back then, you know, back then it's like, you couldn't reach out to, to like probably to Kyle and just ask for a hand pan. Um, you know, yeah, he was doing lotteries and there was such an in-demand thing, but now it's, it's like, there's so many new makers popping up and the price of hand pans keeps going down and, and down. It's, it's very interesting. It's a totally different market now. What, what makes, uh, this instrument so special? special to you because yeah things things have changed quite a lot and moving from the drums to the pan um you know is like you said it it has added all these different kind of elements to your uh, musical repertoire but what's so special about the hand pan and, and why do you think this is kind of um things things have happened like this why do you think there's so many more makers and i think it's just it's like like how it was for me it's like an instant kind of portal to this whole creative side that people may may or may not realize they even had like I didn't know I was capable of songwriting and being a composer I just thought you know I was just a drummer and and a percussionist you know and I didn't know I I had these these uh, these capabilities and so it's it's been very interesting to kind of see that I I really am a composer like I mean I I just wrote 24 songs somehow you know i don't even know how it happens just from from playing them over and over you get little ideas here and there maybe that idea will sit on the back burner and then maybe one day you'll figure out another idea that you like that will work together you know so i put kind of sections of songs together and uh, over time i've i've written a lot of of songs and it's all just muscle memory you know just from doing it and it's uh it's really been an interesting process how do you how do you get out of like a a creative rut when you're when you find yourself kind of doing the same thing over and over how do you snap out of that and and mix things up that's a that's a good question you know i've gone through periods of of time with the hand pan especially when i got my my uh echo sounds sculpture asachan saladin which was my second hand pan and that was like that opened the door for me you know Azan reached out to me to offer me this amazing instrument and I was just so I couldn't believe it that you know this maker reached out to me and he he's like one of the top makers so uh I I picked that scale cuz I saw Colin Folk's video of him doing it uh with it and it's really a, a nice spicy kind of scale and uh that pan that scale is difficult though but it's difficult to compose on. And so there would be times where, you know, I was just like, man, I'm never going to write, I'm never going to write another song, you know, it's so hard. So, you know, time goes on and 
you know, maybe one day I spin the pan in the different direction. So the higher notes are towards me and that kind of gives me new things all of a sudden, you know, cause I'm still doing similar muscle memory things, but all of a sudden you're creating a totally different vibe. So I've written a lot of tunes like that by kind of just spinning the pan and, uh, it's, you know, I, one of my song earlier songs I, I, on destiny is actually called never give up. And that is about that actual, that process of, of going through writer's block. Mm -hmm. And you, it seems like when you're, when you've kind of when you're putting together these albums like i saw a little video of your your indiegogo campaign and congrats on giving away that that hand pan because that was such a cool idea you know what i mean just to to kind of highlight what you were doing in your work and it seems like you muck around with a lot of different instruments and you also mentioned this a little bit earlier with your father and your brothers um what what kind of uh pairings have you found interesting um with the hand pan yeah with the hand pan um well I think I've been doing this um, hospital gig, which is really cool. Uh, me and my violinist from from Rogue Chimp, Mark Woodyat, he's he's on over half the songs on Hope, and he is he's like a Jean Luc Ponte, you know, if you know who he is from from Zappa's band, and he's just he's one of the most brilliant, talented musicians I've ever heard and he just happens to live right down the street from me so it's kind of cool and he's in my and rogue chimp so you know we i've been playing with him for a long time so we've developed this really good uh a psychic connection and uh, we just happened to get this uh well he got he had the gig first it was a hospital gig where he would go and play violin uh and so uh he asked me to come and do it with him with the hand pan so that started a couple years ago and that was kind of the beginning of of hand pan and violin that we have together. And so what happened was very interesting. Uh, I, I I would just kind of show up there with him and and be like, hey, Mark, I have this new idea. I'd show it to him. He has perfect pitch, so he can instantly just he knows exactly what to do and how to play. He, he's really a brilliant violinist and musician and. Uh, so I would show him every week new new ideas, new ideas, and he'd learn all my compositions and figure out how to do harmonies and different melodies over them and stuff. And so throughout the years, we've been doing this hospital gig, and uh, it's just been that's pretty much how you know the 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 new album Hope has come to be because Mark uh, learned you know most of my compositions from doing that with me. And so that's a really cool combination, the hand pan and violin, I think. And that's really what started it. And originally the album just started as three songs with hand pan and violin. And that was well over a year ago. And then I just had this idea. I was like, you know what? I want to I wanna add even more musicians. And then I was like, maybe even myself on drums, drum set and stuff. And, and now I have. There's a bunch of tracks where it's hand pan, violin, my dad on bass, me on hand pan, me on drum set. And so the, the the album's starting to sound more like a full band, and it's kind of a really different approach than Destiny, and it's kind of more of where I want to head. You know, eventually maybe we could do some. Uh, I could put a full band together where someone else is playing drums and I'm playing handpan, and my, and and we could do a, a tour, a live a live band tour. Eventually, I think would be really cool. I think that'd be super dope, dude. <laughs> hey, where did the name Hope come from? Um, well, I have a song called Hope. And that's on the album. And I just feel like these days, it's kind of what we all need, you know? 
need a little bit of hope in life. Yeah, man. You know, society is is, is kind of taking an interesting turn. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. I really appreciate it. I just want to send my gratitude out there to every single one of you listeners because this is just early days, but I'm, I'm really happy to kind of um, be here with you guys and, you know, move this forward together and spread the good people effect out into the universe. Uh, Jake's album that we've been talking about uh, sounded really interesting to me. So after the show, I actually asked him, to um, oh if i could play a couple of his songs and he said yes so uh, here's a song from jake's new album Reconnecting back to, you know, our ourselves and what we love to do and creating and kind of putting stuff out there into the world for the sake of it rather than any other kind of superficial reasons is more of what we need in this world. Um, so that's why I really kind of commend what you're doing. What was, what's the process of, what's your process of making an album? It seems like it would be quite a you know, uh, quite a challenge and, and quite a mission, to be honest, to put together a bunch of tracks with some other musicians and 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 uh, depending on how, how how much of a perfectionist you are, um, it's kind of like um, it, it's it's not it doesn't seem like an easy thing to do. What's your what's your process for putting something like that together? Yeah, well, I am I am actually a pretty big perfectionist. Um, my wife will tell you, you know. Usually after a, a, a rogue chimp gig, I'll, I'll just hate myself, even though, <laughs> even though it was probably fine, you know, but then I'll listen back to it and I'll be like, oh, okay, I guess it was, uh, it was better than I thought. But, uh, yeah, with, with hope, it's been a long process. I go pretty much every Sunday to, to the windmill agency, which is a studio where I recorded at kind of locally. And it's, it's, it's happened, it's happened pretty organically over, over the, you know, course of the year from going every Sunday and like I said, it started off as three tracks with just uh, Mark and myself. And then, 
you know, kind of over time, I, I, I would be like, oh, I'd like to record this song. And I'd put these new songs together and ideas. And, uh, and then I'd kind of think like, hmm, well, you know what, what, what actually did help me on GarageBand actually was where I first experimented with like, hmm, what would, what would bass sound like over this? What would drum set sound like over this? So I like got my MIDI keyboard and did like a real simple bass line over this one song uh, called Celtic Voyage, which is a really, a really cool song that my dad's on and Mark and I'm playing drum set on and I'm playing three hand pans uh, at the same time on. So it's a really cool, full sounding song. And um, so, you know, stuff like that, where I just kind of experimented at home first. And I was like, yeah, this would be cool. And then I had a rehearsal, one rehearsal, I think, with my dad and Mark. And, uh, and then we got we went to the studio. And uh, we, we didn't do it live uh with my dad but me and mark i think recorded most of the stuff live and then we had one day where where i invited my dad to come and he did all his overdubs that day and then then this is kind of what's happening now i just had last week i had my my friend roy williams who's a very talented uh kind of gypsy jazz guitarist uh he came and and did two tracks the week before that i had the bassist from rogue chimp uh his name's john ventry super talented bassist he he played fretless and electric bass uh on like four tracks and then i think this sunday i'm going to have my friend sean come and record sitar on a track where i'm actually playing tabla and hand pan and mark's playing violin so i think that'll be a cool addition that would be cool yeah yeah and i even had my um, my so random, but I was in a, at Berkeley, my band that I was in, uh, called Lander and the guitarist from that, I haven't talked to in years and just randomly the, like a couple, like a month ago, he was like, Hey Jake, like texted me out of nowhere. And he's like, I'm going to be driving by. Like, I was like, dude, I'll be at the studio, come to the studio. And he, he had his guitar with him and I got him on a track even. So it's just like, you know, it's pretty amazing. That's something I didn't expect to happen at all. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how life works in some serendipitous ways sometimes, especially when you feel like you're on the right path and you're doing what you're meant to be doing, things to start connecting and kind of uh, working in your favor, which which is awesome. Didn't you have some strange story about how you actually know Mark as well? I I, I guess so. I, he, he tells me this, but I don't, you know, obviously I, I don't remember, but I guess, yeah, we went to... Uh, we went to JCC preschool together. I <laughs> yeah, I saw that one of the videos. He was like, I went to preschool with him and then he went off to play in like an orchestra or something and then you guys reconnected somehow and Yeah, that that was in the that, that was in the Indiegogo in the Indiegogo uh campaign video. He said that. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I believe him, but I just I don't remember him. But I was reintroduced to him by my wife um like a long, you know, many years ago now. Uh at a bar and he came up to me and just started talking about Ma Vishnu Orchestra and I was like, oh, this guy's cool and we just kind of hit it off from there and because uh, I'm, I'm really into jazz fusion and he's he's really into jazz fusion a lot and he's he's uh, he's from another planet pretty much, you know, he's a super talented guy. Have you got any recommendations of some some jazz fusion that I could maybe check out because I'm, I'm all I'm all into kind of being open to as many different genres as possible and just experiencing as much as many different sounds as possible to kind of 
you know, figure out what, what you like, what you don't like, and just to try new things. Is there anything that you could kind of throw my way as, as like a recommendation or something to check out? Uh, well, have you, have you heard my Vishnu Orchestra? No, never. I didn't even know how to spell that. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, John McLaughlin. It's his, it's his, it was his fusion group. And uh, it's it's uh, really really high caliber musicianship, and it's pretty intense. Billy Cobham on drums, he's he's powerhouse, and uh, it's 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 really. I think Jean Luc Ponty was in that too on violin, and uh, it's really intense jazz fusion. Um, but. Uh, you know, I love I love uh, Herbie Hancock and uh, um, Chick Corea and uh, even some newer stuff uh, like uh, the Bad Plus. Uh, I was really into them. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. But I'll definitely be checking this stuff out. This this all sounds very interesting and new to me. And if it's coming from you, Jake, I'm sure it'll be good. Thanks, man. Yeah, they're they're a they're a trio. Um, I think they recently got a new piano player but i i think they're still just as amazing and um yeah you know there's a lot of stuff out there i'm actually guilty of not really listening weirdly enough i don't listen to that much music it's it's always been a weird thing for me i kind of i don't know if it's on purpose if i'm i if i don't want to you know sound like other people or what it is but i i i listen to music most when i'm driving in my car i'll put on uh, jazz radio and, and temple jazz from Philly. And uh, that's really when I do most of my listening. You were saying you listen to, you don't like to listen to a lot of stuff. It, does it kind of uh, cloud things a little bit when it comes to your own creations? I think, I think it might have to do with that. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I just, I, for, for me being a musician, I, I, I don't listen to that much music. It's just kind of, it's kind of a conundrum. It's, it's interesting. I'm just kind of a weird musician, I guess. You know, like, like I did, I, I got, I got all my influences when I was younger, basically. I listened to tons of Frank Zappa. Uh, he's one of my biggest influences and in all the musicians in that band. And uh, the, the music I listen to is, is, you know, I, I got into a lot of Indian music and, and stuff. And in college, I was really into uh, actually like intense electronic, uh, IDM intelligent dance music, like, uh, Aphex Twin and Square Pusher. And those guys really influenced my, my rhythmic thinking because I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's pretty, pretty groundbreaking, uh, electronic music. Mm -hmm. So these days it's more the creation side of things. I found myself when I'm, when I'm consuming, uh, more than I create it's it's usually puts me a bit out of whack so if i'm if i'm focusing on creating more and consuming less i feel like i have a better balance and i'm i'm less kind of influenced by other things other people but when i set certain time aside to go out there and gather inspiration i feel like it's more beneficial yeah definitely and you know what what's really inspired me more than anything on the handpan is actually exploring different scale combinations um, there, there'd be like, uh, I, there was a website I used to go to and it'd have all these different hand pan scales and with the different notes I have between all my pans, I would like, uh, transpose the scales 
so I can create those scales within uh, like three hand pans or two hand pans. And then that is really what would give me new material and new ideas all of a sudden. So that helped a lot by kind of transposing these hand pan scales between my multiple uh, hand pans. And that's really what kind of sparked ideas and songs for me. Yeah, I think it would be very, very interesting to muck around with the different scales and create a whole different, you know, energy or vibe by, you know, meshing two or three together. Does it does it sound a little bit strange when you've got, you know, different hand pans from different makers and obviously different steel and, you know, different techniques and how they're made? Uh, yeah, it can. But, you know, luckily I've been lucky, lucky to, you know, all my hand pans that I own – except for the first one that I got on eBay, uh, which I wouldn't recommend doing anymore. But back then, that was kind of your only, one of your only options besides waiting for a Halo for, you know, 15 years. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was lucky to have get some quality hand pans, so they, they sounded good together. And, um, you know, you just kind of trial by error, you know, I'd, I'd play around, oh, this, this doesn't sound good. I'll make sure I don't do that again, you know, and, uh, just kind of learns, uh, what's going to work and what's not. And, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily even realizing the theory behind it, you know, um, I'm just kind of playing by ear. Yeah. Do you, do you have any other kind of suggestions or, um, any, any, you know, bits of knowledge you could share with up and coming percussionists or, or people kind of getting into the handpan for the first time? Do your research. Um, especially now there's so many different makers. It's overwhelming. Jeez. I can't even imagine getting into the scene now. Is someone kind of starting to play the instrument or even someone on a, on a journey as a percussionist, just in the beginnings, is there anything you could kind of share? You don't want to damage the instrument and hit it too hard. So I think that was a big thing for me is I kind of like I kind of, I was, before I even had a handpan, I was practicing on like t tongue drums, wooden tongue drums and happy drums, you know, those propane tank drums. So I kind of started to get the feel for, for, uh, for how to strike the notes. And so I was kind of almost preparing myself before I had the handpan by doing that, by playing my wooden tongue drums with my fingers instead of mallets and playing the tank drums with my fingers and kind of getting ready for the handpan. So when that first handpan arrived in that video i kind of had a feeling of how to play it instantly kind of pulling your your hand off it instantly like it's a hot surface uh to let the note resonate so um for me it was kind of natural but i know for a lot of other people that have never really played much percussion or uh, or stuff like that they uh they either leave their fingers on too long which is not going to produce a sound. You're going to get a muted sound, which is cool once you know what you're doing. But if that's all you're doing, then it's not really the the goal. Um, but, um, you know, as, as far as other percussion in general, I would say, you know, make sure you can play with a metronome. I think that's been a really important thing for me because once you understand the metronome and how to kind of fool around with it and play with it, it, it actually starts to become fun and you could kind of really learn from it a lot. And, uh, then you, you know how to come back to one and how to do little tricks and fills and, uh, yeah, definitely metronome practice is, is key. 
Yeah, and and what's your when you're dedicated when you've got dedicated practice time? How do you kind of structure that, or you know, how did you structure that in the beginning to progress to the point where you are now? Yeah, there's never really been dedicated practice time for me. It's always just been fun. Uh, let's just doodle around, figure, play around. Oh, here's an idea. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that for later. You know, um, the, all the, all the practice time for me happened at Berkeley and, and when I was younger and I kind of got all that stuff out of the way. So I kind of just took all that knowledge that I already had and, and applied it to the, to the handpan. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably a little guilty of not really dedicating much, uh, practice time uh, for me, it's more like songwriting time and, and, and idea time. And, and that in itself is, is my own way of, of practicing. But, um, you know, there's been a couple instances where I sat down, I think I made a video once of playing with the metronome with the hand pan and stuff. Um, but it's, it's such a key, uh, element to be able to play with a metronome, I think, and, and, you know, for any musician really. Yeah, I feel like the metronome is an important one, right? It, it helps you keep the tempo and it allows you to play with other musicians, which I think is also another way to kind of push yourself forward, like playing with others or just playing with a backing track, I feel like really kind of improves things. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's a good point you just mentioned. Uh, you know, I, I feel like moments in my life as a musician and percussionist where I grew the most are when I was forced to rise above where I was currently at by playing with people that were better than me. So how do you in like with your skill set today and, and where you are today, how do you keep pushing yourself past your comfort zone when you've kind of gotten to this point? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, just kind of, uh, well, what I want to do is explore more uh, world rhythms that I don't even even know. You know, I, I really only know a few things. I'm not really a traditionalist, um, so to speak. I kind of just take little things that I learned at Berkeley and from, from the many different teachers that I've had throughout my life. You know, every teacher I've had, if they even showed me one little thing, that would provide a key to open a door that I didn't even know existed. So it kind of, excuse me, <coughs> it kind of, um, it keeps going like that. One door leads to another from just even learning one little thing sometimes, you know, it's, it's a very interesting process. So what's, what's on the horizon for you at the moment, Jacob? Are you, so your, your album's coming out in January of next year. And what, what have you got on from now until then? Uh, well, I'm, I'm started, we started mixing hope now and, uh, we're still doing a few overdubs. Like I said, the sitar player is coming this Sunday and, uh, but I'm really going to start wrapping it up with, with the overdubs and just really get into the, the heavy mixing now. But the, 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 the next step for me is I want to, well, first of all, I have to come up with an, an album cover. <laughs> and so that's kind of where I'm, I'm thinking of now. And also I wanted to do at least one music video of, of a, of a track off of, uh, hope so that I can use that kind of as, as promotion for the release. 
And I kind of always wanted to do, you know, all my videos that you've seen are just, you know, me on the couch or me, you know, it's just they're not very necessarily professional. So I think I owe it to myself to really kind of invest in a professional uh, music video. So that's kind of uh, the, the next step, the, the music video and the album cover now. That's exciting. It's exciting times. Um, do you go to many of the handpan gatherings or kind of interact with the community much? Yeah, definitely. Um, I My first uh, gathering was um, Hangout USA in Asheville, and I believe... Uh, I believe that was 2015 and that was my first one. My, my good buddy flew in, uh, Cab Sal from, from Portugal and, uh, and Ralph, uh, who makes the Ayasa hand pans, which is the one I just gave away. Uh, they came in and, uh, we drove down there together and that was a really cool experience. And if you don't know Cab Sal, he's, He's pretty much, uh, you know, he's like the Zakir Hussein of uh, the instrument, you know. Yeah, I saw an amazing video of him back in the day on, there was some kind of version of like Europe's Got Talent or something. And he was like just playing like all these. Yeah, um, yeah. He was, he, he, was, he was on Portugal's Got Talent. Yeah, Portugal's Got Talent. That's the one. <laughs> and that was just, that, that blew my mind. Yeah, man, he's, he's amazing. His, his music really um, makes you feel something just like I feel like yours does. So and that, that's that's kind of like my reference point for a quality artist. Ah, oh, well, th thanks, man. He's been a very big uh, influence to me and I'm sure everybody, you know, as well as Adrian Portia, you know, those two guys have really set the bar, in my opinion, uh, and they have totally different styles, which is cool. You know, Adrian's like a a, more of like a Latin percussionist, you know, and, and super, super fast. And, uh, I got to meet Adrian in New York city and I got to jam with him. And there's a, there's a video of us where I played ocean drum and it was really cool. That was the only time I met him, but we had an instant connection. And, uh, and then Cobb Sal, me and Cobb Sal got to kind of bond even more because, uh, he came back the year after that. And we went to the next year's hang out together as well and i had him stay up my land and we got to play and and hang out and then that that time he came with his girlfriend and um it was just a really good experience to kind of learn from each other really and um that and then so those were the first two gatherings handpan gatherings i went to uh, both in Asheville, north carolina uh hangout usa and then uh, just recently, I went to my third one, and I was actually um, a uh, a hired uh, uh, musician. So they they flew me out there, and and I got to teach a workshop, and that was at Pantasia this past March in Joshua Tree, California, and I got to I flew out and I stayed with. Uh, a maker from one of my handpans I own. His name's Jacob Lee of Axiom Handpans, and he makes amazing stuff. So I got to stay with him and see firsthand how to uh, how the process happens. And he actually taught me. He let me use a blowtorch, and I kind of colored a shell. And he taught me how to tune some tocks, which are just simple little dented notes, the very simplest form of of denting, you know, a, a note. And then he taught me how to do a pure tone note, which took over an hour. And a pure tone, as opposed to a regular handpan note, is is just one 
note. There's no fifth on it. It's just the octave uh, harmonic tuned all the way around. So it's, it's, I guess, easier than a regular note, but it still is very complicated. And it took me, you know, about an hour to get it. But once I finally got it with his help, it, it was such a good feeling. And the, the note sounds so, it sounded so good. I was very kind of almost triggered me to want to do this, but I, 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 uh, you know, I was talking with Peter Levitov about this and he, um, he's another great, you know, player and influence. He, he said, you know, for people like me and him, he feels that, uh, our talents are better use, you know, uh, performing and playing than, you know, there's, there's already enough good makers popping up now and, and who knows how long it would take, and then the investment of, of becoming a good handpan maker, you know, it's just, it's a, a lot of time and energy. And I don't know if I really have that right now, having a, a, a two and a half year old daughter and in a house here and, and stuff. So I'm just going to continue on with the, the performing and teaching aspect. I think as much as I would love to make handpans, it's a, it's a dream of mine. Yeah. It's interesting how kind of life pulls us in different directions at different times. And we, you know, even though, you know, we feel like attracted to certain things at certain times. Uh, it's interesting, like the choices that we make ultimately um, determine where we end up and and we need to be able to kind of um, decide when is the right time to go down certain paths. That's, that's a fascinating part of the process. Yeah. There's interesting another point you made about uh, Adrian and Cabasau and they're, they're totally kind of polarizing si- styles and how they how i think everyone that plays the pan has their own unique style and, and the hand pan kind of in some weird way has a, an ability to um kind of like um everyone has the ability to make it their own and it's so fascinating watching other people's styles and pl- interpreting the int- instrument in their own kind of unique way yeah for sure definitely it's it's very unique in that aspect that everybody kind of has their own ap- approach to it and you know, maybe maybe that's part of the reason why I don't really, um, you know, even with handpan musicians, I don't really listen to to many others too much because I feel like I don't want to necessarily be overly influenced um, by one person or another. And but I've definitely, I would say, out of out of anybody, I've been influenced the most, um, probably by uh, by Cobsal and Adrian both. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting process learning something because you feel or, or creating, you kind of feel like, oh, well, I feel like I've noticed something. I've noticed something by playing the pan and that that is kind of like if you get like a base set of skills, then you can have fun with those skills later on and be creative with it. But you kind of need to build up that initial muscle memory and that touch and, and the rhythm and and kind of... Um, build up your skill set before you can muck around with your tools. Right, exactly. The real the real fun kind of doesn't happen until you can shut off your brain completely and kind of lose your ego and just kind of become one with the universal music. You know, that's the only way I could put it. When I'm when I'm really into my music, I'm not Jacob anymore. I'm you know I'm just I'm just going with the flow and not not really thinking. That's my form of meditation. You know, I don't I've never really meditated before, but I think I have because every time I really play handpan, I think I'm meditating. Yeah, it's interesting how your your mind kind of shuts off and it's yeah, like you said, it's not even you. It's like some power that's flowing through you and out out through this instrument and then 
you know, whether there's other people in the room or not, that energy is kind of going outwards. And I feel like that's such a beautiful thing. And, and watching that is an amazing thing. And listening to that is an amazing thing. Yeah. And that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, playing, playing by yourself with the handpan on your lap is totally different than, and then when you're playing in front of people with mics on stage, you know, that even the, the instrument itself sounds different when it's mic'd up and you're on stage through speakers and there's people watching you. It's a, it's a totally different experience. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And playing with other people, like if you're playing along with uh, your friend Mark, or if you're playing along with other players like Cabasau, then th that creates its own kind of unique energy. And that, that's kind of my favorite way to play when I'm jamming with other people, because even if we mess it up or whatever happens and even if kind of it takes a little while to get into things, once you get into that zone and you're connected in that way, you're creating something, uh, some energy that you've never felt before. It's like a unique experience between the players, that kind of back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's a it's a really good learning experience. To, and like I said, that goes back to kind of what I was saying before about, you know, putting your playing with people that are better than you really is how I've learned a lot and and kind of pushed me to levels that I didn't know or I was capable of. So how can people, you know, find out a little bit more about your music, maybe even get their hands on Destiny um, or, you know, I think you offer lessons as well. So how can people kind of get in touch and check out your stuff? Yeah. Um, well, Destiny is... Uh, available on iTunes. You just type in Jacob Cole Destiny and it will come up. It's uh, 11 track tracks and um, hope uh, the pre-orders just ended for that. So you'll, you'll have to just kind of wait until January and then you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to find it on um, uh, iTunes, I uh, probably a lot of other things. And, you know, you could also stream destiny on, on Spotify right now. And, uh, and Pandora, I know destiny is on there too. So there's, there's that option as well. And, um, yeah, I also, I'm a, I'm a teacher, uh, drum set teacher locally. And, uh, and now I've been getting into the handpan Skype lessons, which, uh, is really cool. And I really enjoy doing it from up here in my attic. I I can just kind of teach people from all over the world. And it's really, it's really uh, been a learning process for me. You know, I think as a teacher, I learn a lot uh, from, from teaching and the student. And so I've, I feel like I'm becoming a better and better handpan teacher. Uh, at first, when I first started, you know, I was a little bit not sure of how to approach it because I never really did it. But now I've been doing it for... Uh, maybe, I don't know, two years, I feel like. And uh, I've really grown as a teacher with the, with the handpan. I feel like I'm finally really getting through to, to a lot of people. And uh, yeah, so you can just kind of contact me if you want a private Skype lesson on handpan. Um, I could also do it lessons on, on tabla or percussion or drum set, although I have not had any students uh, on Skype besides handpan students so far. But you can contact me at jacobcolepercussion.com uh, on my website. There's a, f a form to fill out. And uh, 
we can uh, we can you know schedule a lesson if people are interested. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jacob. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, we cross paths in person one day, maybe at a gathering, and we can have a jam of our own and and create some of that awesome energy that we've been talking about. Yeah, man, I'd I'd, I'd love to. Hopefully, I'll make it out to uh, Australia someday to for Pan Oz. It'd be great. Yeah, I think I think Pan Oz towards the start of the year. So. Yeah, if you ever do make it out there, um, definitely be um, be catching up. But yeah, thanks again, man, for sharing some of your your knowledge and just your your view on things. And and it's really interesting finding out a little bit more about your journey and and just kind of the ins and outs of, of what's going on in your life at the moment. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. You know, my uh, my first podcast. It's been exciting. Thanks a lot. For tuning into another episode of the show, guys. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jacob. And I hope you got something out of it. Head over to goodpeopleeffect.com. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and tell some friends about the show so we can really push this good people effect out into the universe and help as many people as we can through shared experiences and stories and conversations and that kind of thing. Uh, Stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be a good one. And thanks again for listening.